Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. I want to start this morning with some help from our audience. I've asked two men to help me with an illustration, and they are coming before you. Now let me give you some instructions so you'll know how I need you to help me. We're going to give each one of them a sign. Now, I know what's on the sign, but I'm going to try to figure out which one is which without looking at who has which sign. You can give them the sign. One sign said that one of these is a sinner and the other one is a saint. One is a sinner and one is a saint. I don't know which is which. There's going to be three possible answers to the questions I'm going to ask you, so I'd just like for you to reply to the answer that I ask. I want the audience to reply, and based on your answers, I'm going, to deter- I'm going to tell which one is the saint and which one is the sinner. This one is on your right. One answer is going to be right, one answer is going to be left, and one answer is going to be both. Right, left, or both. Here's the first question. Which one is likely to attend church service on Easter? Both. <laughs> I want you to listen to my questions closely now. Which ones might say that they are a Christian? Both. Which one might have marital problems? Both. Which one is most likely to have a reputation for having a bad temper? Which one would you be most surprised if they were arrested? (laughs) Which one would you expect to find in a men's club with new dancers? Somebody said both. (laughs) That's a New Orleans saint. Which one would you expect to see with the Bible or praying? Which one should have more patience and kindness? Which one do you expect to go to heaven? Okay. Who said both? You expect the sinners to go to heaven. Now, I can give you no other thing. You just got a sign. We don't expect her to go. So this is the saint 
And this one has the sign. No, I didn't say is the saint. This one had the sign <laughs> that says saint. This one has the sign that says sinner. Now, we have seen neither one behave in any fashion. We've not seen them do anything. But because they are labeled, because this one has a label and a sign that says saint, there is an expectation of behavior. We didn't, we didn't tell you how they behave. If they change signs, you would have the expectation of the other one. When you are saved, God has a big rubber stamp and he stamps on you saint. How many of you will feel comfortable wearing a sign all week this week that says saint? You just wear it. You don't have to say anything and watch how people react when you don't act like one. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. When I was a child growing up in church, I would often hear the members refer to one another as saints. I don't know what kind of church you went to, but I went to a sanctified church. Perhaps it was during testimony service when someone would say something like, it's just good to be here among the saints and friends. Or, I tell you the truth, saints, God is so good. I suppose it was a given that if you were at the sanctified church, there should be some saints in the congregation. I've even heard them address and say, I just want to welcome all the saints and sinners. But there are several ways to refer to the people who attend church. We refer to them as members, brethren, the beloved, Saints, some even refer to people who attend church as hypocrites and sinners. When Paul addressed the people of the church at Corinth, he was careful to refer to them as saints. As we began in the first chapter, he started out referring to them as saints. And the irony was that many of the people in the church did not act like saints. What kind of church was this in Corinth? It was a church much like the churches we attend today. Let me tell you a little about Corinth. Because of its location, it became a major trade center with a cosmopolitan population. There were people from everywhere. It was made up of Greeks, and Romans, it was made up of businessmen and foreigners, including many Jews. It also had a famous temple. It was the temple of Aphrodite, a goddess of love. This temple was unique in that the temple normally housed some 1,000 priestesses. Another way to call them, instead of priestesses, they were ritual prostitutes who each night would come down from the, the hill, the plateau of Corinth, down into the city to practice their trade with the foreign travelers and the local men. These were temple prostitutes. 
The name of the city became synonymous with moral depravity and sin. There are some places in our country that are called sin city. Paul listed some of the city's sin in chapter 6 of this book of 1 Corinthians. We're not going to go there, but I'll just tell you what some of the things he listed when he was talking to the people. uh, Not the people. He was talking to the saints. Uh, He said he listed there was fornication and idolatry, adultery, and effeminacy, homosexuality, stealing, covetousness, drunkenness, reveling, that's partying, and swindling. He mentioned those specifically. Paul comes to this place called Corinth on his missionary journey. And when he arrives there, he meets Aquila and Priscilla. Just in case you're thinking, Aquila was a man. They were married. Aquila and Priscilla. He stayed with them and he began to preach regularly in the synagogue. So after he began his ministry and preaching and teaching in the synagogue about Jesus Christ, many Corinthians, including Jews, began to believe in Jesus Christ. And the church was started and the church was born in Corinth. And after staying a while longer, Paul eventually left Corinth and went to Ephesus. And when he got to Ephesus and when he continued on, he got word about how the church was doing in Corinth. He started this little church, and, but he got word. And, and in the first chapter in 1 Corinthians, we see Paul being introduced here in this letter to the church. And he responded to some of the things he heard with this letter. And one of the problems the church had was factionalism. Factionalism. We call it cliques. They had some cliques in the church. Uh, Some of the people had their favorite preachers. and They didn't want to come when the other person was preaching because I like this one. Most of their serious problems, however, was not detaching themselves from the worldly ways of the society around them. That was their problem. They had come into the church. But the church was not in them. Uh, Let me put it this way. Remember the the children of Israel left Egypt? Remember when when Moses brought them out of Egypt? And they was out there in the wilderness. And it wasn't too long before they started complaining. In fact, it wasn't too long before uh, when Moses went up to pray with the Lord. He was gone too long. They built them another God and they started to party. So they was out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. And so these people uh, uh, had come out of this culture and this society and they started church and and they were saved, but they still um, had these worldly ways. They had a hard time getting decorinthianized. Like many believers today, the Corinthian believers had great difficulty in not copying the unbelieving society around them. Even today when we're at church and we start talking about the things of God, you know, people now want to call you a hater. Pastors and ministers are getting afraid to say what the Bible says. 
When the Lord say homosexuality is a sin, they want to call you a hater. But it's still a sin. Now we need to love the person, but we need to hate the sin. You have to put homosexuality in there with stealing. Somebody asked me once, a pastor, would you have a homosexual musician playing the organ? I said, I wouldn't have a thief playing the organ. If I know he's a thief, it's just sin. When they get saved, they stop sinning, supposedly. So here's this church. They wanted to be in God's kingdom while keeping one foot in the kingdom of the world. You know anybody like that? They want to be in God's kingdom, but I want to keep one foot over here because in case I'm on a party, like it's 1999. Oh, no. Uh, where we at now? I want to get my groove back. I don't want to lose my groove, so I don't have to get it back. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.